Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we got a good guest today. I'm excited. We got a guest, Casey. Ro Am I saying your last name right? Casey Roach? Roach. Yeah. Casey Roach. I am not saying it right. All right. Casey Roach. We, we chatted about all sorts of stuff before we uh, went live, except I didn't ask her to say his last name. <laughs> so, so check this out. We've got a guy here who's been in the biz. He pretty much grew up in a real estate family, but he's only actually been in the business for, he's going on his seventh year and closed 41, just over 41 million last year, which in the, the, the state of Ohio, he's just outside Akron, Ohio. Um, that's a lot of houses. He's a, he's a D1, not D1, but what, some sort of baseball. D1? Yeah, he, yep. Mm -hmm. he was a D1 baseball player, which means he understands competition at a really high level. And hold your arm up on camera, Casey. He's got a sleeve of tattoos. So I love when you see realtors that have things that differentiate themselves. And he said, I said, are you, are we going to hide that? Should I downplay? He's like, no, dude, I'm proud of this. We're going to talk about this. So we're going to go deep. The topic today is really how do you jumpstart a career in real estate secrets to a fast start in real estate? We'll probably cover lots of stuff, but Casey, what did I miss from your, from your bio? Yeah. I mean, so basically kind of cover a lot of it. Um, grew up in a real estate family. My dad's been a real estate appraiser for going on 30 years now. Uh, so I always had that kind of passion for it. Um, and then as you mentioned, Jesse, I went to uh, university of Akron, played baseball there. Uh, and then in the midst of that, graduated with a uh, double major in sales management and marketing management. Uh, and then at that point, I uh, had the choice to you know, go to Smuckers or Diebel to do marketing for them, some couple Fortune 100 companies. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't my vibe. I, lo I loved the, you know, like you said, the athletic or like just that determination of, of being on your own and being an athlete. It transitioned into real estate real well. And plus, I loved it. So I just jumped right in. And yeah, going on seven years, man, couldn't be better. 200, yeah, 203 transactions this year and 41.9 million. Whew. Dude, that's awesome. And the first time you told me your bio, I didn't even catch the company names. You said Smuckers and Diebold. You could, they couldn't be opposite ends of the spectrum, by the way. Oh, yeah. Right? They make yeah. jelly or tools, right? Like, or, 100%. 100%. All right. So you chose neither. You chose real estate. Um, all right. So let's talk just kind of the beginning because we have a, a wide range of audience that listens to this. We got new agents, team agents, super experienced team leaders. Um, we'll go across the board. When you first started, were there things that you did that allowed you to kind of just jump into your career? Like, how did you scale so quickly? Yeah. So I would say when I was, you know, in the, the real estate side of things, and I met a lot of agents and uh, at least at that point, I, I hate to act like I'm talking like a long time ago because, you know, six, seven years isn't that long ago. But one thing I noticed was, is that, you know, some agents were approaching real estate in a more transactional, you know, basis, meaning like they would sell a house, be like, Hey, great. Got my commission. See you later. Thank you. And like, for me, sales has always been, you know, more relationship oriented and relational. So uh, when I got into it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to approach it my own way and say, you know what, I'm going to form relationships with these people. Right. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, once you start getting, you know, your traction or your grounding in real estate, it's basically, you know, repeat referrals is what keeps you going, uh, you know, rather than paying money to these big lead generation sites, when you can generate your own business and do it from that, that sphere of influence, like that's the most important thing. So that was how I built my base when I first got started and just kind of slowly built it from there and then taught my team to do the same exact thing. Interesting. So, so did you start with some sort of paid lead gen, but then shift over more to doing repeat and referral? Was that the, the, the model you went? Yeah. So I started on a, on a team uh, when I first got into it. Um, it was uh, basically a big name broker here. You know, we're going to top three. I think they're, they're top real estate, uh, Remax team rather in the state of Ohio. 
um, great coaching, great, you know, lead generation like that. They paid for a lot of leads. And like, for me, that's how I knew I was like, you know what, I need to start doing my own thing because like, that's one expensive Two, you. It's, it's hard to really, you know, I guess scale that you spend more money to get more leads. I was like, you know what, let's, how can we find an avenue to generate more business organically? Cause I think that's, what's going to be the most sustainable structure in my opinion. hundred percent. And by the way, if you guys are here and you have your camera on, love to see you. If you have questions, please jump in, let me know, type in the chat box, come off mute. Otherwise I'm going to keep rolling on this. Um, so tell me, it was 41 million in volume. How many, how many actual units did you do last year? Uh, 203. 203. Okay. That's a lot of sales. Do you know roughly, you seem to know your numbers. Do you know roughly what percentage were repeat or referral out of that 200? So yeah, we, we were at like 71% is, is about where we're at. And that's, and that doesn't include just our social media as well. Cause that was another big component that we had. Uh, and I would suggest that a lot of that's organic too, because we do a lot of, you know, uh, social media sharing and stuff like that. So that number probably is bigger, but if you're going just base repeat referral, yeah, it's just under like three quarters. Wow. That's fantastic. All right. So we're going to dive into that. And just so you want, I understand the team structure, is it you plus a ton of agents, you and a couple agents who, who's doing the 200 deals? Yeah. So uh, basically I always call it's like a, if you guys ever done Tom Ferry coaching, for example, in the past, uh, like a SEAL team six type thing, that's what we have. It's more of a smaller group. So I have myself and then I have operations manager, uh, Gene, who's been with me my whole entire career. Uh, I have a transaction coordinator, Donna, who obviously processes all my team's transactions. And then I have myself and then I have uh, now going to be seven additional buyers agents. But last year we would have had five. Uh, we, we had one that kind of got out and we ran with, with five and did that. And now we're adding two more this year. But, so five agents plus yourself did 200 deals. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and I'm going to go down the team leader questions for a minute. Then we'll go back to kind of like newer agent stuff is like agent agent stuff as a team leader. Your every goal of every team leader is to develop that steel team six, right? Yeah. That's every, everybody's dream, but you sometimes have to go through a lot of people. Sometimes you get lucky. How did yours come together? Was it luck or did you go through a lot of people to get to your seal team? You know, great question. So I would say when I first got started in building a team, I made kind of as anybody when every mistake in the book, I hired uh, two folks, uh, you know, out of convenience, right? They were at the same, you know, brokerage as me. It kind of made sense. I brought them on and almost like took off more than I could chew. You know what I mean? One of them's still with me now. He's like my, my ride or die kind of guy. My, you know, he's, he's, I, I'm, I just, I just turned 30. Uh, he's 50. So he's a little older, but like, he's got that, you know, uh, experience. And so uh, he's a good guy. His name's Chad. I give him a shout out. He's awesome. So the other one though, it just, was, was, so, so was Chad the best mistake that ever happened to you? Yes. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's what my parents told me, by the way. So you had two that were mistakes, one still with you, ride or die. What's the, where the other ones come from? So the other one, uh, you know, unfortunately we just had kind of that, that difference. I, just, I started getting more of that organization or the infrastructure in there. I started setting guidelines. Hey, these are our you know, requirements essentially to be on the team. It didn't jive with that person. You know, so we parted ways, no big deal. But where I found my bread and butter, honestly, Jesse, is I have uh, every agent I have now, aside from Chad, I've brought into the business. So they, they were not licensed before. Uh, one thing I do is I hire based on talent now. So like I told you, I hired based on convenience. Now I hire based on talent and I will teach you everything you need to know. If you're a hustler and you know how to talk to people and form relationships, then, then I, I want you. I don't care how much experience you have. I love it. And, and do you interview those people? Like, like do you scream or are they people you've met through life that you already know? Like this is a rock star. I'm going to bring them in. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's, it's, it's a little bit of each. So, uh, you know, there's a couple that I've known for years and years, uh, a couple that I had just met, but uh, almost like through people like, Oh, Hey, you know, this is my buddy, you know, Jaron, who, uh, he's met, he's my top agent last year. Uh, I met him two years ago. He was a school teacher in Virginia. 
Uh, and he came home for like his fall break. And I remember I sat down at a table with him and my operations manager and we got to talking and I was like, you know what, this kid has it. And like just this past year, he did 50 deals, I think were, were his. And uh, yeah, and that's his second year in the business. The kid crushes it. Um, you know, I just passed my broker's test. So we're going to be in the process of getting our, our Remax office open, but uh, he's going to have his own team eventually. You know what I mean? And I want that for him. So part of my team is like, I'm going to bring you in. I want to open the book. This is everything I do. And then I want to see them grow. Right. And then yep. for me at the end of the day, not giving a ceiling, because that's what frustrated me on a team was there's a ceiling there. Right. So if I can say, Hey, I'm going to help you no matter what it, it it's worked out so, so well, man. So well. Interesting. And then, so your guy who did 50 and by the way, so I ran my own brokerage for 14 years, by the way, that's a, that's a whole separate conversation we can have offline. There's, there's pluses and minuses to everything. Craig's laughing. He's doing his own brokerage too. <laughs> so, so, um, the, uh, the guy who did 50, Jaron is his name. Yeah. So what sort of, how did he get to 50 in his second year as a, as a team agent? Like that's a, that's a pretty wildly successful team agent. What do you think he did? Then we'll go back to your beginning of the career, but what did Jaron yeah. do? So I, I think the big thing for him was, is, so I think it was like, I was like 48 ish or what he had, but like he essentially, um, when he first came in, like I was just, you know, flooding him with leads, of course. Right. And like, it, I had trained him, so I trusted him, right? So what I've done in my business is I've taken a step back. I mainly just handle listings and I'll handle maybe like really, really good friends or family on the buy side, but I pass them everything. I don't, so if it's a really good client of mine that's bought or sold three houses, I will still you know, let Jared and them take over. So I would say I gave him good quality leads, but his brilliance and what all my agents are doing now is he's focused on that relationship. So now he's getting to a point where he's getting an insane amount of repeat referral just on his, off of people that I gave him or people he got through the leads or whatever. So I think it's the same exact approach, Jesse, meaning that like he went hugely relational and the kid, honestly, he, you know, sorry for the cousin, but the kid busts his ass. Um, you know, he's, he's up at, at seven showing houses. He's showing houses until 8 PM at night, weekends, evenings, missing family events at times, you know, and that's one thing we all struggle with. Like I did it when I first got started, but he's a hustler, man. And that's, I think the other piece of the puzzle too. You, you struggle with what working long hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like work life balance. Right. And now I, I have my daughter, she's 18 months old and, uh, so that's why I shifted my my focus a little bit more on building the team agents up and and then leaving more time for myself. Which makes sense. You wanted to create leverage, but as a as a new agent in real estate, or even as an agent, if you're at the growth phase of your business, there is no life balance. That's a lie, yeah, exactly. right? Like like you want to be out of balance. You want to crush it. Like and if your family is set up to the point where you cannot do that, fine. Then prioritize family, right? I have a three year old and a six year old. My life looks very different now than it looked ten years ago, right? Yeah. Like before I had kids, before my wife and I had just gotten married, I was there was no balance. I wanted to work because I was setting things up so that when I did have kids, I could scale back. It depends on the cycle you're at, right? I agree with you hundred percent. And that's one thing I've noticed too, like even in some agents, cause I have, um, you know, they're all strong, really good agents. You know, some have, you know, a bigger families than others, you know, a couple kids or whatever. And so like they can't necessarily take things on a drop of the hat. But one of my other agents, John, I just brought him on in June. Uh, so from June until the end of this year, he closed, I think 28 transactions was his thing. And so the kid, again, hustler, he did heavy machinery equipment sales in the past, but great personality and, and he works hard. So like, I think that's, that's honestly, at the end of the day is getting, you know, someone who's hungry, someone who's motivated and, 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 and anybody in a growth stage, whether you're just getting started, or you've been in it forever. It's a, it's a hustle game. The more you hustle, the more it's going to pay off in the end. And that's when you start leveraging at, 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 at the, I guess, after that point, I guess is the best way to put it. So, someone said on agent power huddle yesterday, you'd like this guy's name is Theodis. He said, motivation is a superpower. Yeah. Right. Cause it, cause it comes in waves that you don't always have, but when you have motivation, you want to channel it into something like they can leverage it, use it. Don't waste it on cat videos on TikTok. All exactly. right. So, so, so let's dive into what did you do at the beginning 
And now what Jaron did kind of copying you, you said mm -hmm. you went really relational. And if yes. you have slides or things you want to show, you can show those where you can talk through it. What do you, what do you mean by you went relational? So I would say that like, again, traditionally people just, you know, whenever you sell somebody something, like think about it and, and you got to think of like a brand loyalty aspect, right? It's like Nike, for example, they don't have to do these huge like customer relationship things because guess what? It's Nike. They're, they're a powerhouse, right? People are going to buy it anyway because of the brand awareness and people are loyal to that, right? In real estate, we don't really have that luxury, at least right now, because typically other agents can do what we can do. They can facilitate a transaction, right? So folks want to work with those that they have the best relationship with or the people that they like the best at the end of the day. So for me, it was like, you know what? I want to treat each transaction and I want to make these people my friends, right? So going through, and it sounds exhausting, but I promise you all the, the long hours and all the stuff I went through for the first five or six years has paid off tenfold because now I have clients that like, have bought and sold five, six houses with me, have referred me. I have one of my very good friends. I played college baseball with him. We lost touch for like two years, restock out to him. He's referred me 17 people, 17. And including he, I sold him a house and now we're selling his house again now and he's buying a new one. So 20 transactions on one relationship. Uh, and we, and again, I say he's one of my best friends now, but at, the, at that time, you know, like we were just like, we were cool. Like we were like friends, but not like we didn't hang out, but now, we're best of friends and he's, and that's through the relationship of this business that brought that. Right. And I have dozens of stories like that. I went to a client's house where they made fillets and, you know, to have you know, a drink or like whatever, go to dinners. Like I do that with my clients because that is, is what's fueling my business. And when the market does take a turn, because we all know it's all cyclical, like that's going to be stuff, something I can rely on, not, you know, Zillow or realtor.com or what have you. You know what I mean? I, I love it. All right. So, so I got to ask. So again, in case you join us late, Put your arm across the camera, right? We are across. Okay, so he's got a sleeve. He's got a sleeve attached, which looks pretty rad, but I can't see the whole thing. But like, uh, I'm assuming when you go meet with clients, you're not wearing long sleeve button ups. Like you wear, when it's warm enough, obviously you wear like clothes that that's part of your brand, correct? 100%. Yeah, I have a more, uh, I'll say I have a more casual vibe. So like uh, I used to, and this was an interesting thing. When I first got into business, I was obsessed. Like think like million dollar listing. And Jesse, I was in your market. Like, you know, I'm sure you guys wear suits or like, you know, I mean, that's just what I envisioned. Yeah. You know, San Diego or LA, California, whatever. Like now my vibe is a little different. I started when I got in the business, I, I bought nine suits, I think. I wore them all the time and I was obsessed with like money and how can I get it? How can I do it? And honestly, I got to the point where I got literally like worn out. I burned myself out. I'm like, man, I'm accomplishing all these goals, but like life sucks. Life sucks right now. So it's like, why am I pretending to, you know, facilitate some facade or what I think I need to do? And I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm not a, you know, I'll wear a suit on a rare occasion, but like, I'm not a suit guy. Like what you see me in now, I have a bomber jacket that I was wearing and like, I'm going to show, uh, I have a one, which is big our market, a $1.1 million listing from a good friend of mine. And I'm going to meet this client here. So he's going to see my tattoo. He's going to, you know, I'm not going to be fully dressed up, but that's part of my vibe. You know, that's my, my brand where I like people to feel comfortable. I don't want it to feel like, you know, you can't, you know what I mean? Cause I think that's the biggest thing is people love to portray like, yeah, I have, you know, all these suits, and nice cars, but that, people don't really care about that when they're buying a house. They want to have a relationship and that's how I've approached it. But you, you strike me as a really authentic, genuine person that your clients probably are like, dude, I'd hang out with Casey. He's a good dude. I bet they might not say the word dude in Ohio because I'm in San Diego, but they, I, that's, they use some version of that expression. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I just want to show you, I've never taken my shoe off on a podcast, but I just want to do this because I, for the first time ever. So this is what I, I got. I wear Vans everywhere these days now. Okay. I've got a bunch of different colors. Like I just, my highest sale last year was like four point something million and whatever we closed to like 4.1. And dude, 
I showed up in vans and like, and like, like that's all they did because my clients, that's what they rocked. And by the beach in San Diego, the, the you actually dress down. The people who dress really fancy are trying too hard. And you can tell like by the beach in coastal San Diego. And so you start to attract this tribe and this vibe of who you're going to work with. I think authenticity is what sells right now. Jesse, I couldn't agree more. And like, and as a joke to show you mine, I got the, the converse on, you know, there you go. that's uh, it, dude. But yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that people can, can, I guess, sense, you know, when someone's genuine, someone's being real, like, and, and I think that's what people want, no matter what you wear, how you do it. And that's what people always talk about, like my tattoo, they're like, oh, you know, do you cover it up? Or like, cause I originally had it as a half sleeve. Right. And then like the last couple of years, I brought it down, made it a full, um, but anyway, you sold, more would, you, you sold more houses. You're like, I got I, money. I, I have to finish right? it off. <laughs> enough. And, uh, so they always said like, are you concerned people are going to see that and like not want to work with you? And uh, if you would ask me, my first year to the business, I'm like, yeah, no, like that's probably a good point. But now, you know what, if someone doesn't work with me because I have a tattoo, I don't want to work with that person anyway at the end of the day. And for me, you know, that's not part of why I did like, I, this is a self-expression thing for me. It means more to me than I can even explain that we'll even get into on here. But like, that is part of my thing. And people, regardless of what I found is no one's ever said a negative comment or not work with me because of at least that I know of. And it's only helped me gave me conversation pieces and stuff like that. It helps you niche down to the clients that are going to want to work the way you want to work, which makes you enjoy it a lot more. Like you, if there's someone who judges you for having tattoos, they may not be saying it and maybe you're losing business, but those are the clients who are going to drive you nuts because they're not going to fit with the way you want to work in the world anyway. Right. Exactly. Like I'm with exactly. you. All right. So I got to ask Danny and Denver's asking, cause I was curious of when you get relational, it sounds a lot like a mindset, but is there anything duplicatable you do that you teach your agents? Like he says, can you share what you do in a year for touches, gifts, et cetera? Do you have a system or is it all just like, I just do cool stuff and be a cool guy. <laughs> so it's a little bit of both. Um, so we have like a 36 touch like program that we do. Uh, and mainly it, I mean, we'll send like, you know, year end gifts, stuff like that. So like, you know, thank you. Like, like, I, we used poinsettias one year. We, so we changed it up, right? Uh, but towards the end of the year, we'll try to do something for like the, the mainstay clients. But uh, throughout the year, and I tell them agents the same way, like we're big on having our database set up, having a CRM. And then I tell them, I want them to touch base with them no more, than, I mean, I mean, no less rather than every two months. So I'm touching base with these folks every 60 days. And it sounds like a lot, you know what I mean? But I'm, there's times where if I have a, a law, like I'll touch base with them once a month. Hey man, hope everything's doing well. Or hey, how's the house treating you? Whatever, it doesn't matter. So every, every 60 days I'm touching with these people, at least like the mainstay, you know, clients, things like that. And so it sounds like a lot. And we have a 36 touch program that I developed when I was doing Tom Ferry coaching that I can send anybody or put in the group or whatever. Um, but I would say that the duplicatable thing, it, it's, it's not rocket science, right? So like, I think that's the thing that we all take issue or anybody, I guess, in the world, like they think there's going to be some sort of secret, fully secret way, but really there's not. It, it's a matter of being consistent. That's one thing that I'll say too, is like the consistency in the follow-up, right? So when you're reaching out to these people, you know, and, and make it a conversation, like don't be sending like these generic texts. Hey, how are you? Do you know what I mean? Like make it personal. So I'll take it in chunks. Like, Hey, these 20 people or 30 people this day. And then the next day it'll be this 20 or 30 people the next day. You know what I mean? And you can have these conversations with folks uh, and it doesn't have to be that many. It can be five one day and just break it up, but do that every, you know, in my opinion, every 60 days you're touching base with these people. And it, it, it's worked so well, man. It's worked so well. I, lo I love it. So you're, you're breaking it down. You're making it personal. You're not trying to, to automate it. And you just said something, you said, it sounds like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot. How many of you guys, those of you on camera, raise your hand. If you're like, I'd love to sell 200 houses with five agents, raise your hand. Right? If you're like, dude, I'm into that. Okay. It depends on your goals. If your goals are to sell 24 houses in a year. Yeah. What you're doing might be a lot because you do, you'd sell way more than 24, but you, you, it's all scalable based on what the results you're trying to create. You just 
I don't know if you went out to say you're going to do this, but I think my guess is from knowing you for about 21 minutes now, my guess is that you are wired that whatever you're going to do, you're going to do it at the highest level. Is that yeah. a safe statement? hundred percent. Yeah. That's how I like the first things, no doubt. Whether it's sports, real estate, what have you. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys are like that, don't, when you talk about this stuff, you don't say it's a lot, dude. People who are listening to this on this show, the people on the camera right now, they're going to go do this stuff. Don't tell them it's a lot. Tell them this is normal. Tell them this is the minimum. Oh. Tell them to go out and do a hundred touch. I don't care. I'm making that, but you know what I mean? Like no. this is what you do if you're a high performer. Exactly. And that's what, you know, what we alluded to earlier, Jesse, was you asked about like Jaren's, you know, secret, how he was able to do 40 transactions and how John could do 28 in six months. And honestly, it's literally following this system. Um, and again, like I said, being consistent with it, because like you said, motivation is fleeting. Um, and people always say that, you know, you can only be motivated for so long, but like your why is like, you know, your motivation is a push. The why is what pulls you. Right. So like for me, I had to get really clear on what my why was. And so what I told you in the beginning, it was, you know, I wanted to have fancy suits and nice cars and whatever. Well, then I started having those things. And I realized that's, that was not my true why or my true motivation. Mine became, how can I impact people, right? So real estate was, was the avenue for me of like, I can impact buyers and sellers. But now I've taken a step further. Like I want to impact my, my team agents. I want to impact agents and a brokerage that have their own teams, right? Like I, that's, what, that's, where, that's what fills me up. And that's what pulls me when motivation gets kind of light. That's what pulls me through is that, is that why. And I think getting clear on that is huge. Uh, and then being consistent with it, like, okay, never lose track of that, of that message of what's going to pull you through when it is, when it does suck, when you have those late nights, when you have those long weekends and then you're missing, you know, barbecues or whatever places you'd rather be Focus on that. And it's, it's going to come around. I love it. All right. We got a few minutes. Let me, let me ask a couple questions on social media and we'll have to have you back on again, by the way, to go a little deeper on some of the stuff, if you're open to it. Um, you said your social media generates a lot, but it also ties into some of these referrals what's, what do you guys do with social media? That's, that's different. Or is it really, you're just being consistent? It, consistency is, is number one key consistency and like and, and genuineness. Right. So um, that's why I saw my focus. Like whenever they do content, like, so if we post like just, just sold or whatever, like I have my, I try to have all my just take a picture with the client, with the sold sign. Right. Cause they see like this happy family, it almost creates a story. And in the narrative, it's almost like, you know, just sold, you know, congrats to my, you know, my sellers, Ryan and Christine on their, you know, something else and blah, blah, blah. Thanks so much for all your trust. Like it makes it a personal experience and people see that and they're like, you know what? Like I want, I want that same experience. I know if I'm doing that with, you know, Casey, like I'm going to feel that bond, that relationship. People want that. Right. So I got to the point now where like you, I mean, you'll still see me post, but like my team is who I'm kind of obviously pushing to do that. But I have people that when I get to the closing table, like, Hey, are we going to take a, a sold pick? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> right. Because it's become just a consistent thing and people want that. They love it. They're getting celebrated. And people also, the reactions that you get, like when you're celebrating somebody else and not making it about yourself. Cause I'm not like, Oh, Hey, I sold this on the best ever. It's like, boom, congrats to this amazing couple. You know, they deserve it. I know you and you know, the kids and, and your dog, whatever, like will be so happy. Like, and, and that I think really resonates with people uh, because it's not just a standard thing. And honestly, too, I've gotten away from, we still have our, our business page, right? Uh, but I think the most relatable content and obviously the way Facebook's algorithm works is like business pages kind of get stifled a little bit. They don't get as much exposure. So I have the agents post on their personal page with that and get the, you know, uh, the responses, obviously like just your overall comments, likes, things like that are, are obviously up, uh, when, when you do it that way. So that to me is, is the biggest, uh, you know, biggest thing you want to just highlight this experience these people have. And that's worked so well. Like I still, I guarantee like I get. 
I don't know, half a dozen, if not more each week, just through Facebook messenger, like asking questions and wanting to, you know, I want to look for a house, I want to sell a house, whatever. And it's wow. from, from your, from your personal Facebook page. Yep. So, so like, yeah. and then here's the other thing too, that I want to make this point is as you get into this as well, make sure um, that you're posting personal stuff too, right? People want to get, it's kind of like the, you want to break down like the fear of facelessness, right? So when you talk to somebody on a Zillow lead, for example, right? They don't know what you look like. They hear you on the phone, whatever. But like when you're on social media and people that like, you know, if you're posting, we post in local groups too, like Voice of Canal Fulton's a big one here, like whatever, you know, San Diego probably has a private Facebook, whatever section of San Diego you're in has a Facebook group, right? I post this stuff in there as well. Uh, and people that you may not be friends with see this, right? And then um, they they go through your profile. They see that, you know, like for me, like they'll see my daughter or whatever, like, I was, I was just going to say, I, I went and looked at your Facebook for a second, a few minutes ago. I'm like, your daughter's adorable. Number one, number yeah, two, I was curious if, so you drive, it sounds like Facebook is your main platform you're operating on, but you're keeping it a mix of like sold fun, real estate with personal stuff is what it looks like at a quick glance. That's correct. Exactly. Um, and the key of that is, is like, I've even gotten a weird lead. Some lady called me to sell her house because she's like, yeah, I saw you through, you know, one of the local groups here. Uh, and I looked and I saw you an Australian shepherd and, and I have one that I can choose sure as hell had an Australian shepherd. I don't know why she, but she just was like, it was a connector thing for her. Right. So yeah. you never know when you open up about your life and I don't say you have to put all your business out there, but like, you know, I have a daughter that I love so much. Like she's, she's going to be on there. You know, my friends who I'm very close with are going to be on there. Like all that stuff, because that makes me relatable. It doesn't make me just like, Oh, Casey buys and sells houses. No, it forms a bond, even with people you don't even know. Cause you, how do you know how it is? People are always scrolling or, yeah. you know, cruising through and seeing stuff. So I think it's important to do that. So I gave them the algorithm, like, Typically, I want them to do like at least three, three to four posts a week, uh, you know, two or three of which being, you know, real estate related, at least one personal. And like that was kind of something that we, you know, really hammered down uh, end of last year, beginning of this year and stuff like that. And um, now I'm training the two new guys the same, same way. So. Do you have a, a private Facebook group for your past clients in Sphere? Yeah. So that was uh, actually Will Penny is the one. I was just going to say, cause Will's who introduced me. So I was a Matt, do you, do you, so you do know, you do have one of those. So yeah. So, we, so we're, we're in the process of building that up right now. So I'm having all of them obviously invited in there. It, and I think it's a brilliant idea. So shout oh, out to Will. Just making that. sure. Yeah. Just making sure you knew about social orchard, dude. It's, it's a perfect fit for what you're doing already. Um, all right. Last one question. Then I'll leave, give you time to tie it all together. Um, you clearly love people. That's obvious. You're very authentic. Do you like social media? I, I do. And I think that like, there's times where it gets like old and cumbersome. So like the, I guess people get most fed up, like the, the, the fakeness, you know, at times, but like, that's where I like to do a little bit differently, man. I like to be 100% authentic and 100% real. Uh, one thing you'll see in all of my, um, you know, posts too, as well. And people might call it crazy. I don't think it's a big deal, but anybody that goes out of their way to comment on anything I do, whether it's like a just sold photo, a picture of my daughter, You'll notice, go look at my comments. I respond to every single person's comment, every single one. So uh, the best way to describe it is like, say that, you know, there's a, you know, a, a basketball game, like an advertised basketball. So there's all these fans that come into it, right? And then no game is played. So these people come to this game and no, no game happens, right? Nothing, nothing is played, right? Think of a social media post. Like you're inviting these people to a post by sharing it. And they, they come into the comments, they come into the game and they're getting no response at all whatsoever, right? So like it continues to create a, a bond that you have. So anybody that goes out their way to give you some, like good news or whatever, like just any shout out, respond back to them, show respect and just thank them for that. Um, that's, that's huge. I think that's the best tip you gave the entire, I mean, you gave a lot of good information, but that probably right there, cause that's the social and social media. 
everything else you're posting is BS and a waste of time. I mean, it's not a waste yeah. of time, but like it's the interaction that you're creating. Listen to every, if you go back and re-listen to this episode, every single thing that Casey says creates a deeper connection and a deeper relationship. It all ties together, dude. I love yep. it. All right. If you had like one or two sentences to give advice to a newer agent or someone starting out, what, what would you tell them? How, how do you want to wrap this all up? Yeah. So uh, obviously there's a lot we can get into. We talked about a lot today. Uh, my biggest thing I would say for anybody out there is, is number one, like consistency is key. I know it sounds old and, and kind of harped on, but like being consistent, but be true to who you are. Right. So for me, my vibe is different. Like again, more, more casual, um, you know, big relationship oriented guy, which I all think you should be relationship oriented, but be true to yourself, but be consistent with it. Because at the end of the day, you might not get every client, but the clients you're going to get are the ones that you want to work with and they want to work with you. And that's when you're going to put your best, your best self out there. And then you're not selling yourself for, you know, for a couple bucks at the end of the day. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that the people that you're working with, you want to, and you're staying true to yourself. And that way you don't get burned out. And two, you're still going to love what you do because you're doing it in, in your way and truest to your form. That's what I, I, I love it, Casey. Do, do you have a hard stop now, by the way, or do you have a few minutes I can give you a buzz offline? I got a yeah, question for you. Yeah, uh, we, we got a bunch of other podcasts. I just want to break some stuff down. Um, thank Thanks. you for being here guys. Did, nod your head. If you're on camera, did, did you get amazing stuff from Casey today? It, yeah. Casey, thank seriously, you. that was, you talk faster than me, which is awesome. I know. Right. I love it. You get a lot done in 30 minutes. Autumn. We got some music care. guys. We'll see you here tomorrow morning. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks guys. guys take care. Thanks Casey. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.